The most terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. That is a quote by Mother Teresa. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from TrinaMartin.com is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 90. The topic of this week's episode is how are connection, loneliness, and small packages related? My guest this week is Julie Schechter. Julie is an award-winning entrepreneur, millennial loneliness expert, and Harvard grad who pivoted out of law and started a gifting company called Small Packages to combat the millennial loneliness epidemic. Since February, she has grown small packages revenue by 500% and continues to see incredible growth week over week. Hi, Julie. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hi, Trina. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. You are doing some amazing things. You are the owner and founder of Small Packages, and we're going to get into all of that, what it is um, here in the conversation. But before we begin, tell the listeners who you are and what brought you to this place in your journey where you are today. Absolutely. So I actually started out as an attorney. Um, I went to Harvard Law School and practiced at a big corporate firm for several years before deciding that I kind of wanted to do something a little bit more creative. So I uh, left law for entrepreneurship and started my first company. I've been a ballet dancer since I was a kid. So my first company was a ballet and CrossFit kind of a mashup. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I ran that for three years in New York City and then decided I wanted to build something a little bit more scalable and something that could bring joy to people that were beyond those who kind of existed in the New York City and live fitness class market. So I closed down that first business and started Small Packages, which is what we'll talk more about today, but we're a curated care package company. So we're working to end the loneliness and epidemic in the U.S. by helping people connect to each other and making it much easier to maintain your friendships uh, with these curated care packages that are for all different events in life, the good ones and the bad. Wow, that's interesting because I think there's um, uh, evolving of this type of thing where um, there's, I guess, subscription packages for lack of a better term of what they've they're called that they're doing now. Because I know I I get one, my daughter gets some things like for hair care, but you're doing something different. So you're doing a package based on an occasion. In, someone li- in someone's life? Yeah, exactly. So often folks think that we're kind of in the subscription box space, but what we're, what we're really doing is 
we're kind of more of a gift company. So say somebody in your life is having a baby or they're going through a breakup and you'd like to put together a care package for them that's tailored to that event so they really feel seen and like you're connecting to them, but you don't have the time or the wherewithal to source all the things and schlep to the post office, especially right now, (laughs) given what's going on in the world with COVID. So instead of doing all of that, instead you would come to our site and pick out a package that's specifically for that life event order it in less than five minutes, it gets sent off. So we're able to just help people connect to each other in that way. Wow. So what made you come up with this idea? Well, it kind of was one of those solve for a problem that you're having kind of things. I am from LA originally, and I went to law school on the East Coast and kind of bounced back and forth a couple of times and had this wide network of friends that you know I really loved, but I never got to spend any time with them in person because we were scattered across the country. And so since I didn't have you know the time or the money to show up in person for all of the things going on in their lives, I was trying to send them care packages for you know when they bought a new house or when they got married, um, but <laughs> I just didn't have the time to put all of these things together. So I figured if it was an issue that I was having, that other people probably were having it too. And luckily that's turned out to be the case. Wow. So tell me how it works now, if it's for a special occasion. So I call you and say, my best friend, like you said, is getting married and I want to put together something special for her. Do you have a certain list of items that I can choose from? Or is it more customizable where I say, oh, well, I'm looking for this. She likes that. How does it work? So the great part of it is everything is already preset and pre-curated. So if you were in that exact position, you know, a friend of yours was getting engaged, you would come to the small packages website and you would pick what kind of box you wanted to send, the engagement one, and you would pick a price point. All of our boxes come in 35, 50, and 100 price points. So you can pick the one that kind of fits for your budget that day. And you would be able to see from the drop-down menu, you know, exactly what came in that box. You'd fill in the message that you wanted us to write in the card. We handwrite all of our cards. You'd fill in her shipping address. It would go zooming out to her. So that's kind of really part of our value proposition that we bring to our our customer is you're able to get in and out of our site in about five minutes. Nice. Now, how has your business picked up since COVID hit? (laughs) COVID (laughs) has actually been pretty kind to us. We have been really lucky that we were set up to be a company that helps people connect when they're not together. That was a problem before social distancing, but obviously has only become even more so now that people are kind of doing the quarantine thing for the past couple of months. So we certainly have had our our struggles because we work with a lot of other small businesses. Um, And so as they've gone into shelter in place, you know, our supply chain has really gotten pretty shaken up, but we've been able to roll with the punches pretty well. Trying to make sure that, you know, we're, we're helping out the other small businesses that we work with too. 
Wow. And and this just popped into my mind, but I don't know if this is one of your packages, but save me since I'm a business owner and I wanted to send something to a, another fellow business owner to thank them for a meeting, a great meeting we had. Is that, do you have a package for something like that? We do. We have a couple actually. So we have just a regular thank you one, which is one that people send often to clients or to people who have just been really helpful to them lately. But we actually have a couple that are specific to the pandemic. We have one that's a cozy at home box to keep people entertained and hopefully a little bit more sane while we're all social distancing and um, a self-care one that kind of helps people, you know, relax a little bit. So we have, we have the whole gamut to choose from. So you're doing more, and this is why I really wanted to talk to you because you're doing more than just sending out a package. Your packages are, you do business with female business owners and everything that's in the package is from a female business and to a female, I I would assume mostly. Um, Tell me about that. Tell me how you came to do that instead of saying, well, you know what, I'm going to ship just a general package to anyone. But you are honed in on you want to do business with the female business owner and you have products that you use. Yeah, absolutely. So all of our packages really are kind of, you know, by women for women. I would say a a great percentage of the small businesses that we work with are female owned. It's not a hundred percent because we are focused on making sure that, you know, the end recipient is getting the full package of things that they would love to see, but it's a very high percentage. Um, And the reason for that is, you know, we really love to act as a discovery platform. So we love for the end recipient of one of these boxes to be able to say, hey, you know, I feel so loved and connected to the person that sent this to me. But in addition, I love the stuff that's in it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, I might not have discovered this chocolate brand or this, you know, particular book that was written by, you know, a woman author or anything like that. So we're really part of the, you know, joy that we love to spread is connecting customers to brands that they might not otherwise have come across. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I, I I was just looking at some of your partners and I was looking at the Phenomenal Woman tea and yeah. I actually have a tea with that. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I have the official one, but <laughs> I was like, yes, I have one that says Phenomenal Woman. I love that. Yeah. So let's let's get more into your journey to to get to where you are today, because you in something that struck me, you talk about millennial loneliness. Yeah. Tell me about that. Absolutely. That's really what our company is based on. I mean, we've found in doing our market research that even though millennials, you know, we have this really rampant social media use and in some ways we're more socially connected than we ever have been before, millennials are still reporting feelings of extreme isolation at rates of over like 30, 35%. And that's just staggering. And when we looked at it, it really came down to the fact that, you know, we're one of the first generations that kind of en masse uprooted ourselves from our communities of origin and went out into the world, you know, to go to grad school or to move with a partner or to move for a job. And we're kind of trying to live life 
in, you know, as, as islands, right? Like we don't have that support of, you know, going back to our communities and, you know, raising young families with familial support, all of this sorts of things. So what we're really kind of trying to target is those millennials who are, are doing that. They have moved, they're, you know, they're doing the exciting things, but they want to maintain those relationships, even if they don't have the ability to do it in person. So we're trying to give them, you know, just one more avenue, even with their busy schedules to stay connected to the people that they love. Mm. And you were in law before doing this. Now, did you not like law or it just wasn't fulfilling to you? What was it that you said, you know what, I'm, my passion is elsewhere? Yeah. I mean, I think law is a wonderful profession. I certainly, you know, wouldn't caution anybody against going into it or anything like that. And I had a wonderful experience, you know, at my particular law firm as well. I think it's a wonderful background, even if you are thinking you might want to go into entrepreneurship a little bit later in life, really prepares you so much for being able to read contracts, of course, or just tackle, you know, the unknown um, I think for me, it was more that I have always really loved being able to build something, um, you know, to iterate, to sort of look at a problem from a million different vantage points and figure out how to make something successful. And law is much more a uh, service profession, you know, helping people to accomplish their goals. And so totally noble and wonderful. But once I really got down to it, I decided I wanted to build instead. Wow. Now let's talk about some of your um, successes and some of your failures going through your first business and this business, because we have a lot of people who listen to the show and just in general, who may listen and say, oh, well, you know what? That's, that sounds pretty simple to do. I can do that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Tell them about what you actually have to go through to keep your business sustainable and and profitable. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I would say I got a real education in having my first business, which was a service business, and then having small packages, which is a product-based business, right? So completely different uh situations there. When it comes to a product-based business, what I'm doing now, I would say the main thing that people need to focus in on is the unit economics of what you're doing, right? Because we can have the most fantastic idea and mission about the joy that we're going to spread in the world. But if, you know, it doesn't work out in terms of, you know, what it costs to make a widget versus what you can sell it for, then you don't have the fundamentals of a business that you can build, you know, to whatever scale that you'd like to. So I think that kind of is the first stumbling block that a lot of entrepreneurs get hung up on. Mm. Now, how long have you been running small packages? Uh, we launched in December of 2018, so we just passed our year and a half in business, Mark. Oh, wow. And so do you just do your uh, marketing online and things like that? 
We do um, some online marketing, not too much. Um, we've been focused on a couple of other ways of uh, garnering customers. It's been sort of interesting. I mean, this is one of the other things you start to focus in on is, you know, who's your ideal customer demographic and how do you talk specifically to that person? And so, you know, we have sort of two women that we have kind of built as the, the women that we are talking to. And we find them in very different places online. And that's really um, what's navigated our marketing strategy so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know that very well talking to that, to that person that, you know, you have in your head is you're like, okay, this is who my product or service is for. Yeah, so exactly. me, yeah, so let me gear towards them. Wow. So yeah, you have some interesting things. I'm just looking here and um, you say you develop water muscle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So what is that? And you said your takeaways from the quarantine. So yeah, tell us about that since we're all living through something that we never imagined. Tell us what your takeaways are. Absolutely. So when I refer to the the water muscle, what I'm referring to is the muscle that entrepreneurs build over time that kind of, you know, set us apart from people who might work in more quote unquote traditional careers, which of course is a very noble and interesting path as well. They're just, they're just very different. So what I've found is, you know, if you're working in a career that has some signposts along the way, you know, you're able to sort of learn from the folks who have come before you, you practice your craft, you learn from it. And it's sort of this virtuous feedback cycle where you start to build a lot of psychological safety from being able to do the thing that you know is going to work. Whereas when you think about entrepreneurs, instead of sort of walking along the path, (laughs) what we're doing often over and over again is running up to the edge of the cliff and diving into the water, right? Diving for pearls. And so sometimes we're coming up with empty hands (laughs) and it's not a great situation. And sometimes we're coming up and, you know, we've, we've found the pearl at the bottom of the ocean and we're just trying to string those together. So when I refer to the water muscle, what I'm really talking about is that ability to just sort of hoist yourself up out of the water again and again and you know run back up to the top of the cliff to try again which is definitely tough <laughs> but incredibly rewarding tell me about some of those tough moments that you've had well i think you know <laughs> there are so many i'm i'm trying to think of of the best example i think a lot of them really have fallen into the bucket of you feel like you're failing, but really what's happening is you're crossing something off a list of things that aren't going to work. And therefore you're honing in on what your strategy is going to be. So trying to just sort of recast failure as a learning opportunity. So there were plenty of those experiences, you know, even when I was starting small packages, you know, just cold emailing brands that I admired that I'd like to work with, you know, explaining to them what the project was that we were building and asking if they would be interested in working with us. And I had never done anything like that before. And so I didn't know 
which metrics to emphasize or kind of how to sell the vision. And we got, you know, a pretty decent number of rejections, but we were able to learn from pretty much each one of them and therefore able to refine our pitch and, you know, bring people on board that, you know, I'm very, very proud to be in business with. So it kind of is one long string of try that, not that. Okay. Next thing, <laughs> moving along. Exactly. And you, I mean, and you just persevered and kept going. Um, yeah. And I'm just looking again, looking at your phenomenal woman and I'm looking at your contributions here. Um, Girls who code the Maya Angelou Foundation, National Latina Institute for Reproductive Health. I mean, what is your, what is your passion? What are you passionate about? Whatever um, charity or um, philanthropy that you want to do? What is it that you're passionate about? I'm passionate about connection, which is why, you know, this business exists and, and really is the backbone behind it. I mean, I think the scariest thing in the world is loneliness, right? The, the feeling that unfortunately so many people have of feeling like, they're not a part of a community or they've let things go for too long, you know, since the last time they spoke to someone that they considered a friend. It's just such a terrible feeling and it's just one that doesn't have to exist. So that really is what we're working towards, just helping people feel like it doesn't take that long to connect. It doesn't take that much effort. Like, look, we're here to sort of, you know, help bridge that gap. That's that's really crucially important to me. And you're right. There is a lot of loneliness going on. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't know how to deal with that, you know, the certain circumstance that they may be going through. But I do love the package and I, and I love the touch of you said you, you write the handwritten note for each package. Yeah. Yeah. That's been a really um, part of what we offer that folks really respond to. Um, it's sort of funny. You don't realize until you get into the space or you receive one of these packages, you don't realize how much mail you don't get Mm -hmm. (laughs) from other folks that aren't, you know, bills and, you know, things that you've ordered yourself probably from Amazon. I mean, it really is only around the holidays for most people that they receive a tangible, you know, real world representation that they can hold in their hands from another person that speaks to how much they're loved and how somebody else is thinking of them. It's, it's such an unusual thing in this day and age. And that's why we found it to be just really powerful. Now, this may seem like an off question. I just thought about this. Is your packaging, um, unique or, or different because I, I love packaging and my daughter, who's a teenager, she's an artist. So whenever I get something with cool packaging, she's like, Oh, that's cool. A cool box. I want to take it. So she'll take it and she'll do something with it that I'm like, Oh, that actually looks good, but it's actually a box. Do you actually have something like that where the box itself is like, Ooh, when someone gets it, not only the things in it, but the box itself makes you feel good. That's a fantastic question. And you're giving me some ideas here (laughs) (laughs) um, that I may want to incorporate. Our 
branding actually is purposely really minimal. <laughs> and the reason for that is, you know, we wanted it to feel luxe and beautiful and, you know, really luxurious because of course it is a gift. So it does feel like that. But the purpose behind it being sort of minimal is we want to serve as the conduit from you to the person that you love. And so we kind of feel like, well, sure, we want you to know about small packages, but we also kind of want to retreat into the background a little bit. Mm -hmm. So we serve as that conduit. And instead of having a super branded experience, the recipient of your gift is really thinking, oh, Trina loves me, you know, and mm -hmm. so I'm so happy to get this connection to her. Mm -hmm. I understand that. Yeah, that, that makes sense. But yeah, just nice packaging is always good too. Yes. <laughs> just, just <laughs> the boxes. There's some, you know, some packaging that I've gotten and I forgot the brand, but it was just like I bought a tube of, of moisturizer and when it came, it was in such a nice, colorful box. And I was like, wow, that's really nice packaging. But then I thought about it. I said, well, I spent like $80 on this cream. So yeah, I guess the right. box should be nice. <laughs> Absolutely. And I was like, oh my goodness. But yeah, it's just sometimes, yeah, the box, I, I get kind of excited over boxes and things like that. But anyway. <laughs> totally. So, so you're, you said that you use influencer marketing to grow. What is that? Yeah. So influencer marketing has been really helpful to us because we really want to tell, you know, the, the story that you and I have been talking about so far today around how helpful it is to just be able to send something tangible to make a connection to another person, right? To help that person feel like you really aren't 3,000 miles away and instead you're showing up for these incredibly important life events. So one thing that's been really helpful for us in sort of spreading that word is to work with influencers who are known for, you know, cultivating friendship, helping people find that kind of connection. And we found that that's really kind of a, a watchword now. Like a lot of folks who have platforms are using them now less to talk about, you know, buy these shoes, buy this dress, yeah, although that's still fun, of course, but more to talk about, you know, how to build a life that, you know, you're really proud of and how to stay connected to the people that you love, how to be more mindful. And so we've found a lot of value in working with those folks to kind of spread the word about what we're doing. Oh, absolutely. And that's my primary thing too, because as I said, I have two teenagers. So that's my whole reason for wanting entrepreneurship to do it because of the freedom and the time that I get to spend with them. And right. just, yeah, just to have your own schedule of things that you want to do and how you want to do them. Absolutely. Yes. Great. So when you were in college, did your parents, friends and family, did they send you packages? <laughs> they did. Um, so I went to um, UC Irvine, which was about an hour and a half away from where my family lived. So I did get to go home a decent amount. I wasn't across the country or anything. But yes, they still definitely sent me care packages around, you know, finals. 
uh, my family primarily expresses love through food. <laughs> so there are lots of cookies and other things, but not just for me and always enough for me to share, you know, with my homemates and people like that. And it just felt so great to be able to walk in and see something, you know, with your name on it, love being sent to you from somewhere else, you know, just one of your core needs being taken care of by somebody else that loves you. Could I have gone to the store and bought my own cookies? Like, yeah, of course. <laughs> right. But it's less about, you know, something that you actually physically need in that moment. And just so much more about, you know, feeling that, that tie to somewhere and someone else. Yeah. Isn't that great? I mean, like you say, yes, you could go and buy your own cookies, but the fact that someone thought enough and, actually sent them to you it's like oh my god this is this is great <laughs> I know it's so wonderful I think my favorite one that I ever got actually wasn't in college it was uh, much later when I got my first apartment one of my very best friends sent me the cutest like housewarming care package that felt it felt so adult. Like it felt like someone was like recognizing this like big girl move that I was making, you know, like it had a little spoon rest and a little like succulent plant and things like that. But it just is so funny. It's often not even about what's in the actual package. I mean, of course ours are (laughs) the ones that we've invested a lot of thought about what's in them, but just in terms of that, that connection, it's really just more someone saying like, I see you, I see the steps that you're taking. This is very impressive. I'm proud of you. Yes. Yes. You know, everyone wants to be, you know, accepted and, you know, acknowledged. So that's yes, exactly. That's something that's just great. In five minutes on your site, you're like, Hey, I just want this box, this price point I want to pay. And, and then you guys do the rest. So I think that is just a fabulous concept. Well, thanks, Trina. I appreciate (laughs) it. Now, this is odd to see, I come up with these different things. So I know you have certain items that go into the certain boxes. Now, do you refresh them out like every year? Or how do you do that just to keep from feeling like you're just sending the same thing over and over again? Yeah, that's a great question. So we do refresh the ones that people will want to send to the same person again, right? So we kind of are real specific about it. So say, you know, the housewarming one, well, someone's not going to move every year, right? So if you send one to, you know, your friend, you're probably good on that one. But our birthday one, we refresh every year, you know, folks have new babies, fairly often. Sometimes we refresh that one every year. So that's one of the most exciting parts about it for me, because I love the curation element and getting to talk to new small businesses. So that's my, uh, that's my plug here for anyone that has a, a maker business. If you create coloring books to chocolate, to jewelry or anything like that, I'm always, always looking to chat with new folks in those spaces. Yeah. And that was exact. That was going to lead me to my next question. Cause I was going to say, are you like Oprah when she does her favorite things? Are, <laughs> are there things that you have come across and you were like, Oh, that's, that's nice that maybe you've gotten for yourself or maybe you've just come across and you decided that you wanted that to be in your package. How did you, do you decide on what items are going to be in your packages? Oh man. 
I, like I said, it's my favorite part. Um, and this would be such a good uh, scam if it weren't a real business <laughs> because in order, in order to put together all the packages, of course, we have to get samples of all of the things to, you know, test them ourselves so that they can be vetted. So it is a little bit dangerous around here sometimes because we have chocolate coming in all the time and, you know, all sorts of other wonderful things. So we have to be really careful not to, you know, indulge too much in our own supplies. But um, really, it's a pretty complicated Tetris game when we're putting together a new box because we want it to make sense at all of the different price points. And, you know, for it to feel like a customer is getting, you know, fantastic value for their money. So it really is a question of looking at all of the different brands that we have in our ever expanding, you know, spreadsheet and saying, okay, we'll put this with this. Oh, perfect. And then you kind of just feel it when it clicks and it's a beautiful new thing that you can put together. Mm, So there's thought that goes behind it is, you know, you really have intention when you, when you pair them up. So you're pairing them up to make sure there's kind of a cohesive, um, I guess, theme that you have for each box. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much thought that goes into them. I'm, I'm working now on our boxes for, uh, the holiday and also for, um, for 2021 now. So we start working well in advance of when we roll them out to make sure that they're, you know, really fantastic value. Wow. Well, Julie, we're going to get into our questions. Are you ready? Oh, I think so. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Question one, who or what motivates you? Hmm. Uh, The connection element that we've been talking about this whole time, feeling like we are actually serving our customers, you know, getting the wonderful emails and testimonials that we get from them that say that, you know, we've been able to help them reach out to someone, that they've rekindled a friendship because of us. I, they make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what demotivates you? Oh, taxes. I know. (laughs) Creative parts of running a business that aren't joy and and connection, but have to be done anyway. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good? Mm. So we have, you know, kind of been starting out on the fundraising journey now that we've established product market fit and, you know, we've been really successful, you know, we're starting to look at outside investment uh, in order to grow and, and scale our growth. And the first couple of times that I showed an investor our deck were, well, that was pretty rough <laughs> because of course it was yet another thing that I didn't know how to do yet. And that I had to learn. Um, but having no ego about things that I don't know how to do and just committing myself to learning quickly has always been helpful. Um, I think I'll say that. What is your fear? My fear is, you know, that we don't reach all of the folks that I would like to. I, I would love small packages to be a household name and to be a conduit for people to really feel that kind of connection and love that we all deserve. I want to reach them all. 
Mm. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? I wish I would have left my corporate job sooner. I think I was, you know, like most people, a little more hung up on the time and resources that I had invested in a certain career as opposed to what I knew to be true about what I wanted the rest of my life to look like. And I think I waited a little too long to make a jump that I knew I wanted to do. Is there a time that you wish you had not done something? (laughs) Um, I... I wish I had not, um, this is a tough one. (laughs) I wish I had not taken, um, meetings with brand partners quite as early. I think sometimes as an entrepreneur, you can be incredibly enthusiastic about the thing that you are building. And sometimes you haven't worked out all the kinks or all the numbers. And um, I think it's always really, really helpful to have done every bit of research that you can do before exposing your idea to someone outside your organization. Mm. What is your definition of success? Mm. Uh, For me personally, it's independence. So being able to live, you know, the life that I want to live, which is being able to create things that I love and believe in without kind of being beholden to, you know, financial burdens or anything like that. Mm. How do you recharge? Time with other people, which means this pandemic has been rough (laughs) for me. (laughs) Everyone, everyone else. I know I'm not alone in that, but it's... It's hard for us extroverts. What are you awesome at? Connection and building. I am a good ideas person. I'm really, really good at bringing something, you know, from the ether into uh, real life. Mm. And I think we talked about this, but what legacy do you want to leave? Mm, Yeah, I I think we did. Really would love for folks to be able to take a look at this business that we've built and say that it really made a difference. It really helped a whole generation of people feel more connected. Julie, give the listeners one motivational takeaway. Oh, just leap. Just, you know, call, call the person that you have been putting off calling for so long. I think there's, there's something about the judgment we think we're going to feel, you know, with that email that's been sitting in our inbox or that text that's been sitting on our phone that we haven't answered. People give you so much leeway. They're always happy to hear from you. Just, just pick up the phone. Tell the listeners how they can connect with you and where they can go to get a small package that they want to send to someone else. Absolutely. So the easiest way to do that is just to go to our website, which is smallpackages.co.co, or you can find us on Instagram, and our handle there is small underscore packages underscore co. Well, Julie, thank you for 
coming on today and speaking with me. Um, it's been a blast. I love what you're doing and you'll probably see my name come across your order, <laughs> your order <laughs> profile. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, Trina. This was so fun. Well, thank you. You have a great day. You too. If you like Trina Talk, please don't forget to go out to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.